welcome to uh, That's Just Ridiculous with me, Guy Kenaway. Stop. Can, when you say, can you say That's Just Ridiculous? Make it sound clear, because it sounds a bit mumbled, some of the introductions. Okay, take I, two. I, well, but the thing is, is because I'm not, I'm, not I'm not feeling natural, and I'm going to try and find a way of doing it natural. It, it may, may not work, but it may be an experiment. It's, um, ding, ding, ding. it's, it's uh, really good to have Paul here. What are you doing? I'm trying to do a different kind of... All right, go on then. But what about, hello, welcome? I'm just you have to welcome people. Do you? And say, okay, okay. say welcome to episode five of That's okay, Just Ridiculous. Okay. Welcome to, welcome, welcome to episode five of That's Just Ridiculous with me, Guy Kenaway. And me, Paul Fryer. Uh, it's really good to have you back and it's good to have Paul here down in my house. It's Thank you. It's raining outside and Paul has brought a particular air of gloom into the house which I'm going to try and lift uh, with um, conversation with him. Good luck with that. What was your school nickname, Guy? Didn't allow one. Oh. I didn't permit them. A few people tried, but I stamped on I it. I wonder what they were. I stamped on it. Kenameet. Kenameet, that's a good one. <laughs> was the one, but I stamped on it. I stamped on it. Really. I, I had an absolutely ruthless, my name is Kenaway. Or possibly guy, but no messing around with my name. What did you did you threaten them with violence, or how no, no, did, how no, did no, you no, drive just, that home? Sheer force of personality and charm. Really? Yeah. And did that work for and you? Adoration of me and respect. I think probably. Right. Fear. I don't know what did it. I don't know how I did it, but I didn't like it, and I didn't I didn't play along with it. For some reason, I was called Todd at secondary school, and I don't know at grammar school when I was after I was. Is it because you had no friends? Todd. On your Todd? No. no, it was my friends who gave me the name guy. And you had friends? Yeah. I was, I used to, I mean, I was quite small at school, so I used to get uh, bullied and attacked quite a lot. And the way I defended myself was by becoming a psycho. So I got the reputation that if it was all right to mess with me up to a point, but then I would do something insane, like stab you with a pen or break something over your head or, you know, and it, I found that worked quite well for me, being small. Mm. But it was a tough time, that, because it was all boys, you know. You couldn't really hide. You had to, you had to fight your way out. It was all boys, Catholic school. And it was pretty, there was a lot of violence. Football violence, violence between schools, violence between different years and different classes. And it was fucking, yeah, it was nasty, really. Yeah, there was no violence at my school. None? None, yeah. I was not involved. I was involved in one fight. My first cousin was at school with me, and I bullied him, and he was much bigger than me. One day he turned around and really came at me, and I obviously talked my way out of it. <laughs> did he give I, you a kicking guy? He tried to, but, but I, I was too quick with, with saying I'm sorry. <laughs> I made a mistake, and I didn't do it again, and I never did do it again. But... Um, I've never been in a fight in my life. Never. No. I've never hit anyone. No one's ever hit me. And um, certainly, when I was at school, I was I was in a very I was in a year of bright children, and they were they were sort of they wanted to be intellectuals. They wanted to be aesthetes. You know, they wanted to be. They wanted to, you know, they wanted to debate and to talk. Sounds well wanky, man. They were, but they knew it as well, but they were like that. They, you know, they, they, they would make fun of, of people who played sports or people who got into fights. I hated all that. But they were amusing. They were very funny and they did it entirely on their wits. 
and with their language. And what was this some sort of like bladder rack school for young gentlemen? Uh, to crown him. There was quite a lot of violence from the teachers as well, but it was very funny on the whole. We had one teacher who used to hit everyone with a metal ruler and we all accepted it. Yeah, we had that too. Because he was funny. He was a funny in, guy. Yeah, Mr Rice we had, yeah. He had a bit of rubber pipe and he used to just smack it round our heads and leave great welts. <laughs> but he was perfectly junior. I kind of wondered if Mr <laughs> Mr Rice may have been called in by, by Mr Plod. What do you mean for, yeah, for inappropriate behaviour? And not for sexual inappropriate, but for... Torture. Yeah, for <laughs> torture. <laughs> Crimes against humanity. Crimes against 4B. Waterboarding Crimes. 4B. <laughs> <laughs> Double torture. He did he, he, he did, he tortured some children. He, by today's standards, I don't know if it's the same with yours, criminal. Same, yeah. Same with yours? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, criminal. Criminal. Uh, That's why Britain's gone downhill, isn't it? Yeah, I think what because they've stopped all the torture. Yeah, yeah. He, he the, Mr. Pace was his name. No, Mr. No, Mr. I can't remember his name. He was a Latin teacher. And he had a very strange sense of humour, and he was very violent. But we loved him, so we used to put up with it. Whereas if the headmaster hit you, it was just humiliating because he was such a jerk. No, and he was so out of touch. He beat me with a a leather strap one day. I'm not surprised. I'm and, sure he had um, good, good reason. Did so he? I decided to blow him up. Really? Yeah. So I, I went to the physics lab and got a metal calorimeter. You know, those things with a screw-in lid, steel thing. And iron, I think it was. And then I packed it with various chemicals and blew it up on the golf course. And then I found a mercury tilt switch. I found it in a bonfire, this mercury tilt switch, like they used to blow up Airy Neve. And so I decided I was going to get him by putting planting this bomb on, on his car. So when he drove, because they used to park on top of the pavement, so when he drove off the pavement, his car would blow up. And it all worked out. And then, as luck would have it, my dad got killed in a car accident, so I never got around to it because my mind was on other things after that. So something kind of good came out of that, because I'd probably still be in jail now if I'd done it. Mm -hmm. And it, the, the bomb was quite effective. Did you used to make bombs? No, God, no. I made some really yeah, good bombs. Yeah, we used bombs. to make gin and tonic and... and... <laughs> Yeah, we were having a nice time. Gin and tonic. We used to have tea on a silver salver. Oh, my God. <laughs> was it like... They were called it? the Tea Time Imperialists. They were my kind of... My Tom name. Brown's school days. In the early 80s. But no, no, I'd gone. I'd left school by 79, actually. Yeah, after my dad died, because it was just such a, a bad time, really. I just I wasn't interested. So I went and moved into a flat with... A mate of mine and we just smoked pot and took acid for weeks, months, even a year maybe. It was such fun. We had a wind-up gramophone. It was great. It was and you didn't have to worry about paying for things. Somehow there was money there, wasn't it? The yeah, we had, we had the dole and we used to sell it a pot or whatever or so-and-so would. Everything was so cheap and the fucking utilities hadn't got their claws into That's right. every single house. And we didn't even care if the power went off. Yeah. This used to go down the chippy or whatever. My uncle Dave was a generation before me and he lived in a house which was like, it seemed outlandish to me at the time. He said at one point that he was living in this house and they pulled down the house next door and the wall fell down. So that he had a curtain <laughs> on the first floor and the, his wall was a curtain. So he, in the summer he just used to pull the curtain back and he was sitting there with an up no wall, you know, on the first floor in this <laughs> terraced house where it knocked all the rest down. Crazy, but you know, 
all that's changed now, I guess. It's funny that we both have, uh, both our fathers were killed in car accidents, in vo motor mm. vehicular ac accidents. Yes. Your dad was in the car, wasn't he? Yeah. How old were you? Eleven. Eleven. Mm. Yeah, you... He was 39, I think. I think he was 39. Yeah. yeah, my dad was 43, I think, and I was 16. Right, a little bit after me. The yeah. week of my 16th birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah. Happy oh. birthday, motherfucker. <laughs> it was a bit like that. I remember thinking, oh, God, this is outrageous. What the fuck? Oh. I went off really off the rails, though, because I just took that as a message that I didn't have to do any of that. Get a job, be normal, have a house, any of that. Because I thought, look where that gets you. I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. That's what happens. Going to work on a bike, you know, to put food on the table. I thought, I'm just not going to do it. There's no need. Was it's your like, mother very hard up when you died? Yeah, when she, they got, she got money from the... You know, she got some compensation or whatever and life insurance and stuff. But, yeah, she was she was pretty hard up and then she bought a house because she had the money. But, yeah, it was never, she was never the same again, really. She was much happier in later life when she lost all that and she had nothing at all. How did she lose it? She got some new husband after my dad died and he turned out to be a proper prick. It was really weird, actually. When I met this guy... I went round to her house and, and I looked at him and I thought, I know you. I know you from somewhere. So we were chatting and we got drunk and we were at the table eating dinner. And I just kept saying, I know you, you know. And I kept looking at him and I could see he was nervous. And my mum said, oh, you know, he used to be a policeman, he probably arrested you. And I was like, no, no, that's not it. And we were all laughing. I was thinking, no, I know you and this is not good. And then right at the end of the night when I was really drunk, I just said, I know where I know you from. And his face went white and he went, what, what? And I said... We were in Ibiza th two years ago, and he said, and my mum went, oh, yeah, you were, do you remember you were there with your ex-wife? And he went, yeah, I was, actually. I said, well, you were in San Antonio, and I said, I was there with my girlfriend. I said, you were in the bar, this bar, with some woman, and I saw you sitting at the bar. And he was just looked horrified. It was like a trolley zoom. You could see him. Well, I'm not surprised. It's not the sort of thing when someone says, were you in a bar two years ago in Ibiza? Normally a gentleman will, will have that conversation in private. Yeah, but... Not you. You were about to nail him. Yeah. I just thought I'd not fucking... I said... And what, well, why do you remember him? Because he was creepy and weird and he was... There was something, and he was very being very loud at the bar. And I remember moving from the bar because of this loud, obnoxious person and going to sit in the back with my girlfriend and going, well, that guy's a jerk. And this was the guy my mother was going to marry. And I just said to my mum, I, I met him, and she went, what was that about? And I said, she, I said, I don't know, mum, about this. You've got to be careful. And she went, oh, I love him. And then she married him. And, of course, he beat her up and took all the money. And... Mm. Dave tells a good story about a stepfather. His, his, his first father, I think, divorced his mother. His mother left him. And his mother, you've got to get your stuff. You've got two minutes to get your stuff. We're leaving home. We're leaving home. Wow. We're leaving home and you're going to have a new daddy. And we're going to meet the new daddy. You'll meet your new daddy now. It's like the first thing that he'd been to heard about it. And he was put into a car driven off to a lay-by and transferred car <laughs> and he was put into this back of this car with this strange man driving the car oh my God. and his mother said this is your new daddy and his mother went back to his car their car to pick up some stuff and the man this total stranger turned to him and said 
we can either do this the easy way or the hard way. <laughs> Whoa. Oh my God. This is like the first thing Dave realised, ah, oh, that's my new stepdad. Uh-oh, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't bode well then. No. No. Mm -hmm. I was a bit older than I was at art college by the time she'd married him. But yeah, she left him and then she went back to him and then she left me and she went back to him and I moved her out twice. And then the third time I went there with Ed, I got a three-ton truck and I got all the stuff and put it in there and I loaded his rifle and put it by the door. I said, if he comes back, I'm going to shoot him. I said, I'm not, I'm not having any nonsense. I said, and you believe in him this time. If you go back, you're on your own. And she never did. She never went back. But he was a nasty piece of work. Very funny, though. Yeah, fun of my stepfather was very amusing, too. But he was a nasty piece of work. Yeah, horrible man. A bit like my, my, my granddad, Harry, was really nasty, but very, very funny. Mm. Told great stories. But then he would think nothing of glassing somebody in the pub. Mm. He was a real violent man, you know, very aggressive. But I guess it, it did that to you, being in the war and doing all those horrible things that you had to do. He was a really... Um, I loved my granddad, and I was really shocked when I grew up and found out what a monster he'd been to everybody else, you know, and... I was so shocked because to kids he was just like, he was like a war hero, a funny guy, you know. Yeah. And then my dad said he wasn't a fucking war hero, he got, he got dishonourably discharged and all this, you know, and it was like he turned out to be a proper rogue, you know, he was yeah. stealing things and, you know, just a monster really. Yeah. And he used to go to Bridlington every summer and play the accordion because he could get girls, you know. Horrendous person, funny though. I went to the war, since I, not since I last saw you, must be not long before that. Did I tell you I went to the to the Normandy Landings battle site, battlefield? Did you? Yeah. With my sister, she wanted to go and see it. I went up to the American uh, War Cemetery. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was so like an art installation. And, and the... And the they had, a, they had a little uh, museum there, and it was so like a gallery, like a Hauser and Worth. I, I, as I got out the car, I said to everyone, welcome to Hauser and Worth, Normandy. It looked exactly like a Hauser oh, and Worth. And, and, then, and then the crosses all in the line just looked like an installation. Yeah, yeah it's amazing, I've and, seen and, that. And, and, and I, I did think this is the only... T expense is only spent with the general public to... Th this levels for art now. You don't see it anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Where it's every it, the pennies are not skimmed. It's everything is properly done. Yeah. You only ever see that in the art galleries now. You don't see it in anywhere. Sports pavilions or mm -hmm. or in libraries. You know everything's shit. It is. It's all collapsing. But, but, but for the war cemetery, the first time I saw it, God, this is probably funded. Anyway, you you wander around. I went to see the cemetery and. That was quite good. I started getting really interested in the groups of Germans and Italians who were there. <laughs> Just like, I got fascinated by them. And we, eventually I came upon this great kind of mosaic, which is a battle plan overlooking the beach. You look down on it and there is a kind of a mosaic sort of map of the, of the, of the landscape in front of you. And it has the arrows, you know, Omaha, you know, uh, sword, gold and, and the way that they attacked the beach and there were groups around me of no English at all there were some Americans there and there were some Italians and there were some Germans and there were some French I looked at it and I said to the assembled people who were looking down at it hence Brexit 
to see if any of them would... would, would, would <laughs> Brexit! Look, I'm playing devil's we advocate. We saved Europe. I'm playing devil's advocate. We saved Europe. Well, with... with, rent, with and, and, and now they treat with, us like With Lend-Lease and bombers from the US. We yeah. did it. And that's how it's going to be after Brexit. Really? <laughs> with Lend-Lease and People, bombers. It's from... not looking good, you know, at the oh, moment. We, we can't get hung up on that. But can I tell you about this? Then, then we went to another beach. Long stretch of beach and you, you kind of half close your eyes and you see the dunes and it's a bit like the beginning of Saving Private Ryan. Mm. You know, you, you, you can imagine them where the German uh, guns would have been and how difficult it would have been getting out of the water and up the hill. Yeah. And this was a mighty battle in which we saved Europe for the second time. Anyway, that, 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 that <coughs> is beside the point. Because plonked in front of this amazing historical landscape is this fucking great, this disgusting, ugly bit of stainless steel. It's, a, it's a modern art, contemporary art, that some wanker has put in, has been commissioned, I guess by the Americans, possibly by the French, to stick in the, in the shallows of the water. It's, I can't remember what it's called. It's called something like the Spirit of Freedom or something. Ugh. And it's just... It is so ugly, and it's so... What, is it a dove coming out of the water? <laughs> it, it's sort of, yeah, a tiny, abstracty version of a dove coming out of the water. It's like things springing out of the water. Dolphins. It's a bit like a huge splash. And I guess, I don't know what it is. I don't care. Why do they have to put bits of art in the middle of these they really could have, You could have just opened up on it with a couple of 88s and blown it to bits, couldn't yeah. you? If you... They'd have, to put, they'd have to put a fence around it to stop people getting closer to it. And pissing I, on it. I'm sure it was to protect it from being destroyed. I mean, actually, I, 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 I gave everyone my pennies worth on the subject of it, but no one in, in the immediate vicinity uh, agreed with me. In fact, they moved away. But isn't that what we, what we fought the war for, though, to be able to have beautiful works of art on the beach where there was once carnage? Right. That, that's the kind of thing they were saying to me. Yeah, I bet they were. I shouted at them. What did you say? What side were you on? <laughs> you didn't <laughs> well, say that. to drag me away, actually. <laughs> You've got to be careful what you say, guy, because it's, although no one's going to attack you... They might arrest it's, you. It's rude, it's just rude. It's oh, it's just rude. Impolite. Well, so is, for that matter, so is um, exterminating people and... Um... Well, exactly. I was surprised how many Germans were there, though. Yeah. Do you know Except my sister then got into the whole swing of insulting Germans. Uh-oh. And she uh, roundly abused a really nice Dutch family. Who <laughs> <laughs> I did work from their number plate, A, was a clue. Yeah. <laughs> and then secondly from their language. And she said, you know, you didn't have to part like that while you part right across the middle of it. You've taken up all this space. Sort of nice, kind of bubbling anti-German. I can't talk about this. It's terrible. My, uh, my, well, our, uh, Andrew will understand. Andrew Connorshaw, my listener. <laughs> but no one else will. What about that? Um, I was, I was, I looked into David Irving recently. Do you know anything about him? Yeah. The disgraced historian, one of yeah, your lot, a fellow writer. I don't know what that's about. It's so weird, it's isn't, it? Illness, that, isn't it? I think he's mental. Yeah. I do think he's mad. Bonkers. Hubris. Hubris. Just walk away. Good old quietly. hubris. <laughs> walk away quietly, mate. Walk away, baby. It's funny. My mother's very litigious. She's always, she's always in court. And you see the same then. Yeah. Driven it's by about it. justice, guys. Yeah. It's not about anything else. It's not about little what's right for you or me. It's about justice. She's the sword. Yeah.
And in fact, Aiken said, I will draw the sword of truth, didn't he? Oh, Jonathan Aiken, yeah, yeah he was yeah. hysterical, wasn't he? What an idiot. I will draw, I will draw the sword of truth, and then found out to be a total liar. And, and then so. fell on it. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. fell on the fucker. Fucking idiot. And remind me, Guy, what, what was his political persuasion? He, I believe he was a Lib Dem. Was he a Lib Dem? Or, or, I oh, know, he, he was a Labour, he was Labour. He was what, sorry, Jonathan Aitken? Since then we've cleared it out, we've got the new... Oh, it's we now, is it? <laughs> so you're on record now, then, Guy, as being a Tory, I guess. <laughs> what do you mean I'm on record? Of course I am, I'm proudly, proudly on record. But actually, I may not, you know, I, who cares? But why are you a Tory? Just because of habit? It's just a habit, isn't it? It's just because your dad was and your family are, and so you have to be as well, I, I guess. I don't know if my dad was, actually. My mother's definitely not a Tory. Is she not? No way. Is she not? No way. What is she, then? She, she, you know, she believes herself a leading figure of the political left. You know, she... she, <laughs> she she's a nutter, my mother. She's beautiful. She's a nutter. She, she, you know, she puts it... She's in the category of Rosa Luxemburg in her head. Oh, definitely, yeah. Really? But because she's very strong on anti-nuclear, she's probably Lib Dem. Right. But she's definitely not Tory. Are you not strong on the anti-nuclears? Yeah, but I'm, you know, but I'm doing that from within the Tory party. So you are anti an anti-nuclear Tory? No, 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 I'm not. I'm sorry, I'm anti-nuclear weapons, but I'm pro-nuclear power. So anti-nuclear weapon Tory? Yeah. Is there such an animal? Oh, goodness, this is what happened last night when everyone was I mean, seriously, me. there's no such thing, is there? But, yeah, if you're a Tory, you can't be anti-nuclear weapons guy. It's the deterrent. Come on, you know this. I don't. You know, this is I'm fucking sorry. 101, man. No, you can't be a Tory and not be pro-nuclear weapons. It's tried and all the way. I think it's a waste of money. I think it's a waste of well, money. Well, I agree with you. Nuclear. I think we could be spending the money on other things. It's obviously a waste of money. Like, like, for instance, eviction orders on people who haven't paid their council tax. Or an army <laughs> that works. Yeah, yeah. You know, if there's you really too, there's too get... many people not paying council tax. We should spend more money on hey? having them properly taken through Are the court mental? system. mental? Oh my god, yeah, and all those disabled people taking the piss. Right, we've got to have that. They need clamping tested. down on properly. <laughs> clamp them down completely, in fact. Take the wheelchairs off them and just clamp them. Do you think too many people have got disabled stickers? Do you um, think they're too many have disabled? Have you got one? Yes. Do you think there are too many disabled parking bays? Do I think there are too many disabled people, did you just say? No. Do you think too many. What, people... do you, are you talking about perhaps getting rid of a few, Guy? Is this a new Tory yes. policy? No, uh, uh, no. Oh, uh, yes. Get rid of a few of those uh, uh, bits of uh, blue cardboard that they put in their windscreen. They have no windscreen. Why have you not? Because I see them getting out. They walk perfectly well into the supermarket. Not all disabilities are visible, guy. Well, they should not have to be, be given a shorter walk. Most of them look like they could do with a proper fucking what if walk. They should be made to park a kilometre away from the uh, supermarket a... and proper do some exercise. They might have a thingy bag on the. I don't care, they should walk. They're do, doing some good. I mean, I mean it. A, le, a, lo, a, a bit of exercise would be better for most of those people than... Most so. of those people? What if they're really disabled and then they can't walk very far? Or if they get emphysema, people die because but they have to not, walk. I don't see those ones where, where I, I watch them nipping into B&Q for a, you know, a plank and a, <laughs> and a pot of paint. <laughs> you know, they're quite sprightly, they're sitting and they're in the disabled boat. Why? Because they've got a disabled sticker. It just doesn't make sense to me. And there's a guy, there's a guy, there's a, there's a guy at the bell. I was, actually, there was a fight. I wasn't involved in it. There was, and of I said, what's not, the no. fight about? And the guy said, well, he was being teased about having, is it blind, partially sighted or blind disability? He, he's fully 
registered blind. Partial sight. No, I think yeah. he was fully registered blind and he'd got into a fight because someone had pointed out to him that he shouldn't be playing pool if he was fully registered blind. <laughs> And that, and that they were they were they they were resentful of the fact that he could, he could <laughs> hold the game of pool together while pulling his full, you know, whatever it is, drawing his disability. And, and, yeah, people taking the piss. Me and my brother had a game of darts with a blind man once, and he beat us. Right. In a pub, we walked in, and I just came. I went to the loo, and I came back and said to my brother, "There's a guy, there's a blind guy in there playing darts." And my brother went, "I've got to see this." So we went and sat down in there, and he was like that, and he and we realised he had this woman with him, and she was going. Yeah, you're in the outer ball or whatever. Like burning the ball. And then she was like, she was playing with her eyes shut. And we were like, we've got to get some of this. So I said to him, do you want a game? And he was like that with it. He went, yeah, yeah, you know, these eyes are putting his head. And he goes, I'll give you a game. He goes, well, he says, we've watched you play, so we'll play the same way as you, you are. And we just got pissed with him. And he beat us every time. And then we said to him, and we were in my little boat, when we had that little boat on the, on the lee. And he said, oh, he said, it's been a really nice evening. I said, what do you do? He went, what do you think I fucking do? I'm a piano tuner. <laughs> he wasn't joking. <laughs> so he said, he said, how are you getting home? I said, well, we've got a boat. He went, you've got a boat? I've never been in a boat. And we were like, get out of here. We were hammered. And we, we fucking stumbled out of the pub. And it was like quite a long drop down to the boat. And we managed to hoi him up over, the, over this fence. And he fell over the fucking thing into the back of the boat, upside down. So we climbed down and got him up. And he was like, yeah, I'm all right, I'm all right. And we went down the river in the boat, and I was like, oh, and we were going down the river, and he was going, oh, this is great. And he was set up at the front with the wind on his face. He's going, this is amazing. And I went, do you want to drive? And he went, I can't fucking drive, I'm blind, mate. And I said, it's dark, we can't see where we're going anyway. <laughs> I said, I'm using sound as much. And he went, well, actually, weirdly, I can hear the, the riverbanks. So he got behind the wheel, and he was driving the boat. And it, this look went across his face, I've never seen the like of it. He just, when we took him back, he said, you know what? He said, I've never driven anything in my life before because we're not allowed. He said, obviously, for obvious reasons. He said, but he said, I'm getting a boat. He said, that was amazing. Right. And uh, I was just looking at your notes here, guys. Well, what's this? Artists have to make money. Why? Spoiled entitlement and greed. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> Artists have to make money. Because you always start, you go, we have to make money, guy. We have to make money. You have to make money, you know, as if there's some... Well, obviously. Well, how do you think artists live? I don't care. It's not our job to support artists. It's like going, how do plumbers live? They go out and if they don't they get, any, so they don't get any plumbing work... Why have you got a problem with artists don't... making money then? No, no, I don't have a problem with them making money, but I have a problem with you saying that it's, it's, we have to have a system arranged in which they all make money. I never it's said like, that. Yes, you did. You said, well, we'd have got to make money, Guy. I've got to make money. I never said that. You, it's like a plumber going to me, Guy, I've got to make money, so I'm going to charge you 10 grand for that radiator I popped on your wall. Well, they do anyway, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> That's cheap. Soon, actually, plumbers you. are going to be more Put me expensive on to him. than artists. <laughs> <laughs> because you know why? Because all the fucking artists will be plumbers. If only. We're so short plumbers in this country. Well, not anymore. What about all those Polish people that we you, Oh, no, I forgot you. We're brexitising them. It is so difficult to get hold of plumbers at the moment. Well, you know why, don't you? Because they've all gone home, guys. No, it's true. Because it's not true. Because I'm, I've, I may have mentioned this to you before. My plumber, his apprentice, you know what his apprentice is? 
He's a sodding artist and he lives at the East End of London. Right. He was a goddamn, he had a future as a plumber and he's given it up to be, to a, be an artist. To be an artist. Is he making things out of pipes? <laughs> I hope so. I said, is he putting radiators on walls? <laughs> but, not, but not having to connect them up. <laughs> the, this is the brilliant part. It doesn't it's have to work. Exactly. If you're like. Just bung the radio. You know, get someone else, get his fabricator to bung the, the rad up. Do you really hate artists, Guy? No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, no, no I think that you need to be worked a bit harder. What are you working on at the moment? Um, I'm thinking about making 500 small paintings this big on aluminium panels, which will be sold for £1,000 each. What do you think of that? Well, I just think, why on earth are you starting from the financial end? It's just such an extraordinary way to look at a process, is to just start with the money. You started with a figure of ha half a million, and then you just worked back. And it just seems to be, it's just... Like, no, Guy, I'm, I'm just amazed using, you could actually no, get just, that sentence I'm out, using, particularly on a microphone. No, I'm just using language that you understand, Guy, because you don't understand. All right, I'll put it's it... It's not my job to. I'll it's put your it job. Way. It's your job to show me. It's not my job. You, know, you managed to have set up oh, some sorry, kind of weird I, system whereby did if I, we don't understand it, the failure's in us. Did I give and you... And in fact, the failure's in the goddamn fucking art. Did I give you the but, impression... But people are too scared because it's a woo-woo-woo tape modern, woo-woo-woo Nicholas Sorez, woo-woo the Turner Prize. So when they look at something and they go, what the flaming fuck is that? They go, oh, there must be something wrong with me. Not, it is clearly something wrong with that. <laughs> it's absolute shite. No, guy, you, you saw, were the one last time I spoke to you who said, why why don't you artists do something that people can afford and that it's nice for people? No, I didn't get, say that. You did, and you, you sell it for a reasonable amount of money. No, and I didn't. Everyone's I said, happy. Why don't you find out what it's worth? If it's worth, if people, a lot of people want it's it, it's worth what the artist says it's worth. At the end of the day, oh, it's like, it's like, it's like saying that the plumber walks in and goes, "Oh, that radiator oh, is worth." You, are you that naive? Grand. Are you that naive that you don't think that's what a plumber does? <laughs> 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 Jesus Christ. <laughs>